Fellas, it's Jake, your host of Bears Nation Podcast, here to talk to you about Manscaped, new sponsor. You know, who amongst us who has not been trimming, you know, below the belt, down where it matters, and you kind of nick yourself or you got some tugging and you think, all right, we need a better razor here. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology. Guys, you're going to be feeling awesome after this. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave, take all the time you need to get all those nooks and crannies. It's also waterproof, so if you prefer to go in the shower and trim, go for it. That's what the waterproof is for. But one of the coolest features is the LED light. It shows you what you're doing, where you're doing it, and you can get a closer, tighter shave. They've also upgraded the trimmer to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget the charging stand. It's sleek and it's USB convenient, so you can charge it anytime without any hassle. If you're listening to me speak right now, which you are because of the Bears Nation podcast, I want you to experience it firsthand yourself. So time to get trimming. Get 20% off and free shipping with code SHI, C-H-I, at checkout at manscaped.com. You're going to thank me later. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Welcome back, Bears fans. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast recap episode today following the Bears 20-19 win over the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bears moved to 4-1, and and we have some stuff to talk about because we have to walk some things back that we said on Overreaction Monday a couple (laughs) days ago. So um, let's start with the biggest thing. Nick Foles, 30 for 42, one touchdown, one interception. And I'm going to say it, the interception, you take that away. Because I take that away because it was fluky. You know, how many times is a ball going to hit off Allen Robinson's knee and pop straight into the air? So I don't put that on Foles at all. It was an unfortunate. Yes. Did a lead do Tampa Bay touchdown? Yes. But I mean, it's fluky. I mean, I don't put that on Foles at all. All in all, I think he had a really good game. Really, for the most part, outplayed Brady in my eyes. If not, we had a pretty much even game with him. Um so Foles earns another start, gets another win, another come-from-behind win, puts you uh, back in the driver's seat and puts you back firmly in the playoff picture, and the sky stops falling. So, I mean, fellas, your reaction? Tom Brady can't escape the shadow of Nick Foles. He he, he can't do it. He's This is his second loss against Nick Foles, the other one being in the Super Bowl. He didn't shake his hand after the game. Uh, you know, if the Bears end up seeing the Bucks down the road in the playoffs, you got to feel happy about a Nick Foles versus Tom Brady matchup because clearly whenever those two guys play, Nick Foles for some reason always has the edge. Um, I will say he didn't have the edge in the first quarter uh, and for a majority of the second quarter, but he picked it up. And what we saw in the second half was what we talk about, the high floor, um, the mental game. If you guys noticed, uh, Emmanuel Oscar did a breakdown of the play of Montgomery, the wheel route on second and 11 with uh, under two minutes left in the game that got them into their prime field goal position. Changed the play at the line of scrimmage. Saw that, uh, you know, Allen Robinson need to rub uh, the linebacker. 
got David Montgomery wide open. It was a great job by Robinson not to commit a full pick. And they got a first down on that. And those are the things that you get out of Nick Foles. I mean, that is exactly the reason why you're encouraged by some of the things he does. Because you know he's not going to give you those zippy balls. You know he's not going to give you the you know the most exciting plays. But down the stretch, when you need to have a, your quarterback not just make a physical play, but make a mental play, um, he, he's going to do that. And he did that. And ultimately, that play won them the game. So at the end of the day, it was not pretty in the first half. Uh, and that cannot be ignored because the consistency has to get better. But what you saw was encouraging enough to say, OK, if we can build on this, we have 10 days now before we go play the Carolina Panthers. A little bit more time to get the timing down, a little bit more time to understand what's going on. Uh, the chemistry between Nagy and Foles, the chemistry between Foles and the receivers. Then they're they're in pretty much, you know, a best case scenario because this is almost, you know, just a shortened buy. That's, that's really what it is. So um, you're happy with what happened with Nick Foles and just with the game in general, that was probably, I would say the most excited I've been after a bears game since 2018. Yeah. I mean, that was, man, that was a really gritty win. Uh, I think that's the best way to put it. And, you know, it's one of those wins where like you really look, take a step back and look at things. And I think we'd all agree that the bears didn't play a great game, but you know, they're finding ways to win. And, and I think that's the most important thing. You know, we, we talked about, look like they had to make comebacks against Atlanta against Detroit you know two teams that are that we don't think are are very good but then you look at them against the Buccaneers and I mean that's a pretty good team and and you know they came back they won the game um and you know they're, they're taking care of business late and it, it's not we always talk about it it's not how you start it's about how you finish and you know they they, they keep finishing in the right ways so um you know I'm happy with it I think Foles I, I said it in the in the group chat I think Foles bought himself another two games, honestly. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm really happy. He's not doing anything spectacular. He's pretty much doing what I thought Nick Foles would do. Um, but, you know, it's for now it's enough. So, I mean, I, I don't think you can complain all that much. Yeah, I mean, this goes back to what my whole point was with Foles. You have the high floor. You have the mental game. You're not going to get those crazy runs that just, when the pocket breaks down and you get spectacularly a 25-yard gain out of it, but you are going to get those mental gains. I mean, when Foles threw the ball behind Robinson to force that defensive pass interference, is it a crappy rule across the NFL in general? Yes. But did Foles know how to exploit that and get you a gain? Yes, and that's the type of thing he brings. That's just the things you're getting instead of those super athletic plays make you go wow I can't believe he just did that because we know Foles isn't a big runner he made a couple throws outside of the pocket where he had to scramble a little bit but I mean they weren't deep bombs they were just check downs that got you a first down or got you a chunky yardage but he still I think brings you that high four that allows you to win these games and you know he's not going to lose you the game to Kevin's point that the first quarter was bad and probably the first half of the second half of the second quarter uh, was pretty bad. But you have that flurry at the end where you score two touchdowns and then you have the six points in the fourth quarter that went ultimately win you the game. Um, but you also saw what we talked about on overreaction Monday that you have you saw that the defense suddenly found they had something to play for. They came out in the second half. You saw that aggressiveness. You saw the sacks. And then once the Bears went up. And, you know, up for good at the end, the defense shut it down um, and won you the game. So that's just that team coming together around a consistent sort of consistent product. And, you know, you hope that you continue to do that now with Foles getting more comfortable as the starter and starting to become more comfortable with these guys. I think the Bears lose that game if it weren't for Kyle Fuller's. Like I don't know how to describe that hit. It was just a demolish across the middle. I think they lose the game. Destroying Keyshawn Vaughn. 
that's who it was, destroying Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, that's the only way to describe it. They lose the game without that because the the NFL, any sport, it's a, it's a game of momentum. And you look at the Bears' first four games this year, very rarely did they hold momentum in those first four games. But eventually they got the momentum in the fourth quarters early on in the season. And this game, the momentum started right after that hit. You get a turnover, you get the ball in favorable field position, it ends in a, uh, a touchdown, and really the Buccaneers never got that momentum back. Not throughout the whole game. That play set the tone for the rest of the game. And you saw the fire. You saw the energy. Um, you know, again, it wasn't created from the first quarter, right from the jump. That still needs to be fixed. They still need to come out with fire immediately. They got down 10-0, and it was looking meager, and it, it didn't look great. And then, boom, Kyle Fuller smacks this guy in the mouth. You get the ball back. Your team scores. Momentum's there. Khalil Max, you know, you, you guys are chirping at each other. Khalil Max getting after the quarterback. And when the Bears play like that, they are I would say one of the hardest teams in the NFL to beat because when the defense is playing with fire, no team, no Tom Brady, who's the greatest quarterback of all time, no offense with all these weapons is going to go down the field and shred them for three touchdowns. It's just not going to happen. It didn't happen on Thursday and not going to happen in the future. So if the Bears set that tone immediately and they set that tone at some point early enough to where they, you know, no team can come back on them, they are, I would say, one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL in that regard. And I will stand by that. Yeah, I mean, that that Kyle Fuller hit really changed the game. Uh, I think it, it's really obvious that the team just looked fired up, you know, offense, defense, everybody just looked more lively. Um, and, you know, I was watching the game with my boys and, and we were just we were sitting there. And after that hit, like we were all just talking about, just look at all the players on the sidelines, look at all the players on the field, look at all the players after a play. And, and, and everybody just it, it, it was just a different feel. And um you know, it, it's it's crazy because the offense starts doing something and, and you know, the, the defense looks fired up. And it's really all we've been saying all along, like the offense just needs to move down the field, put up some points and the defense is going to keep you in the game. Um, and that's exactly what happened in this game against, you know, Tom Brady. Um, you, you know, it's it's just a great win all around. And, and you just love to see them not give up like that grittiness. Um, and, and just that the ability to just flip the entire game, you know, and, and, you know, I, that was one thing that was the main storyline that, that, you know, I, I'm walking away with really happy. Yeah. And the thing is you still won this game and the offense still looked like an offense with <laughs> once again, no running game. And you had mm-hmm. 35 total yards, uh, David Montgomery, 10 for 29 quarter Patterson, three for seven. Like you're not getting a running game again, which needs to be addressed because once you start playing, but these better teams and granted Tampa Bay, this is the second the week. Bucks in a row. are one of those teams, right? You, this is the second week in a row. You've played one of the better or one of the top tier defensive lines in the league. So, you know, hopefully against Carolina next week, you can kind of find some more room to run. And we have seen the bears find room to run. You saw it against the lions. You saw it against the giants. So, uh, you're hoping that maybe it's just an opponent thing and not a, an offense thing. But finally, you know, and, and I think this is what you get with Foles. You have like we talked about that mental game. Even if the rushing attack isn't working, Foles is going to sit in there and he's going to find a way to make you move the chains. Even if the defense knows you're going to throw, he's going to find a way to get somebody open. Or you know, he's you know, in credit to Nagy too. He called a good game. He called games. He called a game that allowed those receivers to get open for those short chunk points. I thought it was it was much better than the Colts game. It was very much an improvement, and it shows okay. on the box score. Um, obviously there were still a couple, you know, 
boneheaded plays, you know, the the third and long where he called a screenplay and you get three yards. I've never been a fan of that. He's been doing that for three years. But overall, I think it was a solid coaching game by him that allowed you to have an offense. So I think once the running game gets clicking again, you'll see this offense continue to grow. Um, but on that topic, you lose James Daniels uh, in the middle of the game. Alex Bars replaces him. Not sure. I don't think they said anything about Daniels. Torn correct? pack. Torn pack. Torn pack. So he's done for the year. So you're going to be looking at bars for the rest of the year, probably. Unless you sign someone, which is probably unlikely, given the who is out there in the Bears cap situation. So, I mean, the offensive line, what are we hoping for from them and the rushing attack in general for the rest of the year without James Daniels, who's been one of their most consistent guys? <laughs> Uh, it's it's not good news. I'll tell you that it's not good news at all. And I, I think whether you like it or not, the Bears are going to have to find a way to sign somebody because now it's not just a question of is Alex Bars the best player at that position. What does it look like if Alex Bars goes down from a depth standpoint? There's really not anyone there behind him that can fill that role. So that so that's the biggest concern. So I would imagine they will make some sort of mood uh, move to and get somebody, whether it is a guy of high profile or not. Um, maybe a trade happens. You never really know with Ryan Pace. Um, but to get somebody out there to, to assure up that offensive line, we, we don't know what that's going to happen. But what I want to say, too, just regarding the offense in general in the running game, like, you guys understand, the Bears have gotten nowhere near their best game of football, and they're still 4-1. and one. Like, when I said last week the Bears, I think, teams in the NFL and then they come out here they have 35 yards rushing the offense looks terrible for a full half of football and they still beat the Buccaneers who many regard are a top 10 team in football um and they're a four and one team like this is a scary scary team and they have gotten nowhere near their best full game of football nowhere near it so as much as you would like to see improvement from the offense and we're going to hammer on that and it needs to happen you have to take a second and realize holy crap they haven't even gotten anywhere near a great offensive performance, and they're four and one. Like that right there in itself speaks that this team is a legit, and I will say it right now, a legit Super Bowl candidate that teams will be afraid to play down the stretch in the playoffs. Um, so th- that's my take on it. I would go as far to say right now they are a legit L-E-G-I-T Super Bowl candidate as of today, October 9th. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm with you, Kevin. Um, although my the way I'm looking at it is just slightly different because I'm like like we're winning, we're winning, so it just feels so bad complaining. But it's like, do you think they're gonna get to that be- to like their best? You get what I mean? Like, the, I think feel like that's always been the question. Like, it's not that they can't do it. It's like, are they gonna get that consistency? Are they gonna get the best out of their offense? And like, that's kind of that's kind of what's keeping me from calling them legit. It's like. Is it going to come? Do you but get what I'm They don't need to. Like, we, what, what we say is average is good enough for this team on offense. Fair. And they're not even reaching fair. average. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I, I get what you're saying. It's just like, you know, you're going to keep playing the top teams, you know, and as you see those top teams, like, I, I don't think it's, it's going to be as easy to just squeak by, you know. Like that, that's, that's my only worry. That's my only worry. I, I would really like for the offense to get that, to find that consistency and, you know, play at their absolute best. Cause I feel like, you know, it's only going to get tougher from here. Yeah. And especially if you can't find a running game, I mean, hopefully, and there were a couple times where Montgomery had some nice runs that kept drives alive or gave you like a third and one. Um, so there's that. 
just two people that jump off the page for me right now of offensive linemen that are available. Um, and one's an offensive tackle, so you have to play a little. I mean, both really are. But uh, Cordy Glenn and Marshall Newhouse are both available. They're tackles, so you'd have to do a little bit of shifting. But, I mean, that at least gives you people to, you know, guys who have high upside and guys who have had success in the league who then you can work with and then you could do some other shifting if you need to. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, you're going to be picking up the scrap heap or pulling someone from practice squad, which is not exactly. But, I mean, your options are limited. I don't see a trade happening because, I mean, you finally have your own first round pick. And I don't see. They won't trade the first rounder. Right. But but I mean, I I just don't see a trade happening, especially at this point in the year with COVID and everything. Guys might be a little uh, not as willing to bring new people into the building. You know what I mean? Um, But, yeah, you're going to have to find some kind of solution there. I mean, there's people on Twitter asking Kyle Long to come back after he tweeted last week. I could put on 300 pounds real (laughs) easy. So or he said I could get back to 300 real easy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that means he actually wants to come back or if he's just fueling a fire for his own entertainment. Who knows? I find it highly unlikely that Kyle Long would come back after all those injuries. But, hey, I mean, he would be a good thing for the locker room. But this is a reaction to the well, Bucks game. Overall, you're 4-1, and you're feeling good, and the defense played phenomenally. Uh, Kevin, you were going to say something? Well, I was just going to say real quick, just about trading for a guy or anything like that. The trade deadline is usually around, what, like week seven, eight, somewhere around there. I don't know what if, if it's different this something year because of COVID, like something like that. So here's yeah. the thing. Let's say the Bears are six and one at that point, and this is a legit Super Bowl team, but the offensive line still sucks. The running game still sucks. What I think, I mean, we know Ryan Pace is on the hot seat. We know he has to save his ass and and making the playoffs, it probably buys him another, definitely buys him another year. Um, he's going to say, you know what, it, I have to do what it takes to run now because this may be our best shot uh, to make a Super Bowl run. If it means I have to give up a third or fourth rounder to get an offensive line who helps the team, uh, offensive lineman who helps the team win now, so be it. Go out and do it because we're talking about the now. And I know Ryan Pace loves to play for the now more than he loves to play for the future. Um, And I just think that if the Bears are in a favorable position around the trade deadline time, but the offensive line still isn't anywhere where it needs to be, uh, you know, there's no depth there. But there's a guy on the trade block who's on a team who's not very good and they need a pick. And Ryan Pace is always winning third round picks. I definitely could see a scenario where that happens depending uh, on really how Alex Bars performs. And if he's that bad, then they go out and maybe get a more high profile name. But if he's, you know, all right, maybe they get somebody just there kind of for depth or to replace if necessary. But I, I don't think I'll, I'll put that out of the question yet, but that's just me. No, um, sure. And and just for the record, the trade deadline is the 29th, so th- less than three October. weeks away. Cool. Yes. Cool, cool, yes. Cool. So that's around like week seven. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to bring someone up. Um, Do you guys – I mean, we still have Jason Spriggs. Um, I, I – yeah. Do you guys remember? I, I could be completely off the rails here, but they were talking about him moving a guard like initially, right? Like when they brought him in, like there there was talk about that, correct? Because I know he Spriggs? came into the league. Yeah, he came into the league as a tackle, um, but I could be I, I could be thinking about Ifedi, but I, I could have sworn they said that about Jason Spriggs too, about the fact that he could play inside or they'd experiment with that or something. Am I am I? I don't remember really. I okay. I can't recall. Cause if yeah, they, I don't cause, remember. I mean, 
I feel like that's a guy that you could potentially use if, you know, Alex, if, God forbid someone goes down or if, you know, Alex Bars is not playing well. I think maybe that's you have some, you know, leeway right there because you have Spriggs. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to do anything like Jake said. Um, but also to Kevin's point, I I, I really, you know, I, I wouldn't mind trading a mid-round pick for, you know, exactly what you said, Kevin, like a team that that desperately, desperately needs a pick that's, you know, willing to move a player. Um, but yeah, I don't, I wouldn't bet my money on the bears making any moves. Um, and I think we just got to hope Alex bars, you know, just figures it out. So, well, bars was, I mean, the Patriots tried to poach bars from the bears practice squad last year. So that maybe tells you something about his potential Um, if if Bill Belichick's trying to get him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and the thing is he wasn't. To, I, I, there's only one play I remember him getting blown up on by uh, Vitavea. But again, that's Vitavea, and he's a really, really good defensive tackle. So, I mean, and I think it was like Barr's first or second play in the game. So I, I think he'll be able to hold his own, which is really all you can ask for. And then if you've got to run right every single time, then that's what you got to do. But uh, it, it also just shows that this team is missing Tariq Cohen just because you can't really throw another look at a, a defensive line and you can't really have them have to plan for that, you know, sudden change in movement. He's going one direction. Then all of a sudden he's wheeling it back to the other side. But uh, all in all, I think that this lack of a rushing game the last two weeks has just been a product of two very good top tier defensive lines and having to go against them. I mean, I don't think that can be. That's true. Like that fact cannot be. Ignored. I mean, I don't think. I don't think, think that's, that, the, only that's only the only reason. But I think that's a big reason. It, it sure is. So you know, they go up against Carolina in ten days. Shred them up, then. Shred them up. If if that's the case, you go against two defenses. Now you're not going against a very good defense. Shred them up. Rush for 150 yards. Let's see if the Bears can do that. Um, and I don't. I don't know if they will. Uh, hopefully they do. But what I will say is. Um, I'm a little bit happier about what Matt Nagy said this morning because you guys know the Matt Nagy response to these questions. Oh, Matt Nagy, why is the running game not working? Oh, you know, you know, we're, we're very well aware of this. Uh, you know, we will, we're going to work on it this week and we'll get some more runs next time. We'll get some more yards. Like that's the classic Matt Nagy response in the press conference today. He said, you know, uh, he was bringing fire to the conference is what all the reporters were saying is that he's pissed off and he knows that this offense has potential. He says, quote, the details in this offense aren't there. That's our job as coaches to make sure we get these freaking details right and I feel like we've seen Matt Nagy you know take accountability before but not like that like with that much passion that much fire like it is evident within him that he knows the offense can be something better than what it is maybe versus last year where he just knew or something that the offense couldn't be any better than what it was and as bad as it was as it was it wasn't going to get better and he had just no optimism for that but now you know, he's showing this fire. He's showing this passion. He's pissed off. He knows that this offense can reach that point. They're just not doing that. So, you know, at, at some point, though, I would love to see that that talk that he says in the press conferences actually turn into fruition and game because what happened last week about Cole Komet, right? Uh, everyone asked, you know, is Cole Komet going to get a, see an uptick in snaps? 
uh, come on, did Cole Komet see an uptick in snaps on Thursday? No, he didn't. And I know coaches do this all the time. They say things and then they really just don't happen. But in this particular scenario, we've heard it way too many times about the running game and the questions about that and how it's going to improve. And we heard kind of these shakeoff answers. So I'm hoping that, you know, this is where it's going to change. And like I said, they have 10 days now to figure it out. They're in a prime position to figure that out. So hopefully Matt Nagy's being true here and says, I see the potential in this offense. We have 10 days to figure it out. Let's do it. And let's run all over the Carolina Panthers in 10 days. I, I actually have a question for you, too. Um, did you guys think David Montgomery was on the field enough last night? No. And this, it's confusing I, to me. I swear to God. Like, I remember, there were, I think it was in the second half, but it was after every single carry. He would get one carry and jog back to the sidelines. Like, every time. And I was just like, man, mm-hmm. like... Like I, you, you can't get a running game going. Like, like Matt Nagy just, just decides he's not gonna run the ball after it doesn't work a couple times, and I feel like you can't yeah. do that. You just cannot do that. And, and man, like, how is David Montgomery ever gonna do anything if you just give up on him after a couple, you know, runs for, you know, not very good gains? Like, you can't give up on the run that easily. Um, and I feel like that's part of the problem. Like obviously if teams know you're not going to run the ball, I mean, they're not going to prepare for that. So it's just, you're becoming one dimensional. And I think they really have to hammer that home. Um, you know, they, uh, Cordero Patterson is fine. Like he's fine in his role. Um, but David Montgomery is still the lead back. He needs to be treated like a lead back and you know, he needs the carries. I think that's the only way you're going to get production is by giving him the carries. Cause we know David Montgomery is not the most explosive running back. He needs the ball in his hands. He's a patient runner and let him find the holes because that's really that's the only way you're going to get production on the ground. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I think part of the reason Montgomery wasn't on the field as much was the situation and playing for touchdowns at, at certain points and having to pass a lot and having Patterson out there. He is slightly better. I wouldn't give him a huge lead over Montgomery as a pass catcher. But I, I think it just offers kind of a different look that, like I said, you're missing with Cohen, but it, it kind of offers a little bit more of a, of a tricky look, I guess, would be my argument for that. But I agree. You have to have him out on the field. He's not going to build confidence, and you're not going to be able to uh, to break off any big runs and not tire out that defense if you're not even trying. So you got to at least try. I agree with you. I just think... You know, it, it shouldn't be an equal amount of snaps for Cordero Patterson and Dave Montgomery out of the backfield. Sure. And it felt like we saw that. I don't I don't know the exact snap count. I don't have that pulled up right now. But, I mean, we were talking about, you know, first downs, Cordero Patterson toss, uh, even on third downs, man. We, we were seeing third down plays where, I mean, this same against the Colts, right? Cordero Patterson, third and one is your running back. Like, you got to trust your guy, man. I mean, this is your third round pick. This is your guy. This is supposed to be your bell cow running back in Dave Montgomery. He's got to be out there in the key moments. Um, and I and I know I saw people getting a little bit fed up that Cordell Patterson was out there and and I love Cordell Patterson as a great change of pace player but I don't think he can be out there as frequently as he is that's that's the, the whole point and the reason that makes him an asset is you don't know what he's gonna do when he's out there he, they could do a toss play they go up the middle they could you know not even make him a running back and put him out on a real route wheel route like they did uh, last night that got some a big chunk of yards like there, there's a multitude of things that can happen so I think when you when you use him in that way you have to only use him 25% of the time and the other 75% is Dave Montgomery uh, or maybe the other 70% is Dave Montgomery and the other 5% is Artavis Pierce come on where's our guy you know Ryan Nall comes out for one play false start right back to the sideline I don't know if you guys remember that he came out for one play on third down mm-hmm. or something false start 
go take a seat on the bench. Come on. And, and, and hey, not even uh, Artavis Pierce, Lamar Miller, right? I mean, there's a chance he gets some serious time uh, on the yeah. field if they bring him back up from the practice squad. So I think that's, that's – if you want to look for encouragement, which is, you know, what I'm all about, I always love – finding encouragement in something uh you know it's the fact that you know whether it's Artavis Pierce whether it's Lamar Miller maybe one of those guys can bring something new to the table in the coming weeks yeah I think you'll see Lamar Miller probably next week I think it was just too early for him to be on the roster at this point I have a feeling either uh, Nall or Pierce it'll probably be Nall will go down to the practice squad and Miller's going to become your number two because Lamar Miller was really one of those uh guys who could run and catch and run with the ball after catch. Uh, he was one of the, I mean, he was one of the best guys to do it a couple of years ago. I mean, 2015, 2014, he was really good at that. Um, and he was great with the Texans before, you know, they went down the toilet very quickly, but uh, yeah, I think Lamar Miller, you'll see him against the Panthers for sure. I think he offers you that kind of, you know, to, he doesn't offer you like, Oh, he could go off for a 90 yard run like Cordell Patterson, but he offers you that. Okay. Are they running or are they passing? We're not really sure here. So, uh, and not to such extremes as Dave Montgomery and Cordell Patterson, where you get one or the other, really. Um, I do not understand though, while we're on the topic, I, I mean, we've talked about it already. I don't understand Nagy's obsession with Patterson and using him in those situations. And Kevin touched on it already. I get he's an explosive guy, but the obsession with using him on like third and three or two or one is so weird to me because David Montgomery's whole thing is being able to bounce off guys and not go down on first contact. So realistically and theoretically, Montgomery should be the guy in those situations. I I don't understand it, but I mean, it got you a win, so I'll take it. Um, Kevin, do you want to take this time to apologize to Nick Foles, or should we oh, wait another game on. for that? Oh, come on. No, no, I ain't doing that yet. Well, look, look, I'm, I'm not apologizing to anybody. I, 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 God, I should have known this was coming. Um, here's what I'll say. What you, you saw a little bit of the things that I touched on, or that really, that you, I'll give you the credit here, that you touched on all offseason that uh, made you believe that Nick Foles was the better guy for the system. With that being said... Um, you know, I, I still didn't see a huge gap between the way Nick Foles played and what Mitch Trubisky is capable of. I know. Ah, ah but there's the issue. Capable What's, of is a very different thing. Okay, that that's fair. That's a fair point. When you, when you get but into like, capability, you get into theoretics, and then, then we're talking all of a sudden about alternate universes. So, I, I mean capability and what we've seen but i'll let you continue maybe not even capability like i mean you look at the first half of that game and i i know i know it's easy to look past that and i don't want to just like blame Foles and everything here but i mean come on guys you you know what we saw in the first half i mean the play to mooney should have been a touchdown i mean if this is uh mitch trubisky the full five first hours for chicago sports radio is talking about that exact throw i mean that's seven points off the board Third and one, you have the easiest throw a quarterback could ever make in his career to Allen Robinson with not a defender within 10 yards of him, and he sails it over his head. Now, he he rebounded, great, came back, great, but I, I, I got to be completely honest when I say, I other, aside from the mental aspect in that one play to Dave Montgomery and maybe the one throw to Jimmy Graham where he put it in a really good spot— I just really didn't see anything that impressive in that game where I was like, okay, this is a totally different guy 
and you're going to roll with him, and he's going to be the quarterback going forward, and he brings some stuff to the table, but I still didn't think that gap increased at all from that gameplay. But I will apologize and say that, uh, you know, whatever, I'll apologize. Nick Foles, let's go. Let's ride with it. And you I, I can't, was riding you can't with say Nick he Foles brings nothing to the table anymore. I, 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 I mean, he, he, no, he doesn't bring you, you nothing to the table. you got to at least walk that one back. He, he, okay, but like after the first half, I don't think I was wrong to say he brought nothing to the table, but he, he eventually proved people forget, that... People forget that he scored both touchdowns in the second quarter, so... He didn't score both touchdowns. Yeah, it was. What? Both touchdowns were in the second quarter. No, yeah, they were, but the, the first one was a Montgomery rushing touchdown. Or, are you talking about just in general? Okay. I'm talking about in general. Like Yeah, got, yeah he, I know, touchdowns. I know, but let's, you know, it, it wasn't even... I don't know. All I'm going to say is, again, like the thing is, everyone wants to talk about when Mitchell Trubisky was in there, uh, even if he did great things in the second half or even if he did great things in the first half, you know, the most important thing when they talked about him was the, you know, the deficiencies he's had and the misses he had. But now it's Nick Foles. The conversation is different. So I just want it. I just want it to be fair because we can't just sugarcoat the fact that he was a great quarterback last night and the stat line looks all right when he missed open touchdowns and open plays that could have continued drives and made that game a little bit more easier for them. So again, I'm I'm not ready to. I'm still not ready to put a crown on Nick Foles yet and declare him, uh, you know, a superstar or anything like that. But at this point, he's getting. He, he's doing what it takes to get the win, and I think that's what matters most. But as far as declaring him the next quarterback of the bears for the next 20 years i i, I would say i'm not ready to do that <laughs> that well 20 years that's simply not going to happen 20 years hey, I, I i just want in, in general the the one play that i thought Foles made that i don't think mitch makes is what i said before drawing that pass interference and i mean a lot of that was on the receiver too but throwing that ball in a position where knowing I, the defensive back has his back turned and knowing that the receiver looks at it and knows that if he makes contact, that they're getting that call. I don't think Mitch recognizes that and you makes that You think that, that was rope. intentional? I absolutely do. Yes. I absolutely do. I don't think that was intentional I think if you went on t- Twitter, most people agree with me. I, think really? I mean, was, the ball was simply underthrown. I think that was absolutely intentional. Are we are we talking about Allen Robinson on the left side against yes. uh, Carlton Davis? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Absolute, if absolutely. I'm being honest, the way I saw it was it was a pure underthrow. Allen Robinson couldn't get back to the ball, and Carlton Davis impeded his pathway to the ball, and that's why it was pass interference. I don't think well, Nick. I mean, come on, are we really thinking Nick Foles is like? So I'm no, what I'm going to do is strategically throw this underthrown so Robinson no, can't I, get to the ball. I don't think I don't think that was play number one, but I think once no. he went through his reads and he saw, all right, I got nothing here. I'm. All right, I'm looking at Robinson. Okay, I'm seeing that Carlton Davis has his back turned. I know I can. I know Allen Robinson is smart enough, and if I throw this ball right, you can get this call here. So I think yeah, that, no. that I think I think that was more than likely. I'm not going to say it was 100% intentional, but I'd say 80 to 20 odds it was intentional. Here, here, here's my thing with it. I think Nick Foles, pretty much what you said, Jake, but Nick Foles saw Carlton Davis one on one with Allen Robinson. And just said, let me throw this up because I trust Allen Robinson to come down with this. And if he doesn't, there's a chance it could, we could get a P.I. call. And I think that's exactly what happened. We got the P.I. call and that's what it was. I definitely think like I, I don't think 
he just threw it up just just to throw it up. I think he knew what he was doing there. I truly do. And I, I think really, he saw two out of three options coming out in their favor. Either exactly. Robinson gets it or they get the penalty or it's an incompletion. Exactly. hundred percent. And that's that's I'm dying on that hill because I we were me and my buddies were talking about that. So I, I feel very strongly on this. But I'm pretty um, sure they said it on the broadcast. Did they really? I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they said know. it on the broadcast. I, I'm almost positive, but I could be mis- I could be revisionist history here. And, and with all that being said, though, I do agree with Kevin um, on the fact that, like, not that it matters all that much, but just out of fairness, if if that was Mitch who did the same exact thing as Foles, like quarter one through four, people are mainly talking about those missed throws and Agreed. not win. And that's no, oh, I agree with you on that. And 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 that's the thing, like. But the main difference between Mitch and Nick Foles is literally what we all thought it was. It's it's upstairs, man. It's upstairs. It's yep. all in his head. He's just mm-hmm. smarter. And I think I, I think like you're seeing the result of that. Like you're seeing the result of the high IQ quarterback play in, in some in certain situations that that are like okay, like I, I think Foles. I think t- turning to Foles was the right move. You, you get you guys get what I'm trying to say, like. It's just right. He just processes. He just has a calmness about it. Exactly. And it's 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 and I feel like you can only see it in certain situations, kind of what we talked about with this P.I. call, like stuff like that. And and so I, I, you know, I'm happy with him. I I think um, I think he's given us pretty much what we wanted and and he just needs to continue this consistency, hopefully. And, um, you know, maybe even maybe even, you know, get the stats to start looking good a little bit. I think that would be nice for him. Agreed. I don't think he's given us what he's what we've wanted, but uh, you know what well, I mean. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I mean, we talked about. <laughs> I mean, after we, the Colts game, any about? signs of life was what we wanted. So no, I mean, I mean, here, like, let's take a step back and think about what we've been talking about since the beginning of last year. Like, we always say, like, we wanted that quarterback that you know could just move us down the field, get us the points, and you know, it, I mean, he's doing it. He's doing uh, enough, I guess. I guess. I, yeah, I, I mean, it's, my, yeah. my thing with Foles has always been he's not going to be spectacular, but he's yeah. going to do yeah. you're like Chris said what he wanted. So um, bottom I, line I, is, yeah, real quick. I mean, like I said this before, the bottom, whether it's Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, Cam Newton, I, whoever the hell it is, all that matters is if you literally just are average score 20 points right. a game in this instant. Like, 25 points a game. Like, that is all you need. Like, just get to that point. Like, I don't – I'm still not – I don't need – no one needs Nick Foles to be a superstar. I don't need him to be a top-ten quarterback. I just need him to be a little more consistent, and that's my only argument against it at this point. But, look, he, he's doing what it takes, and all the Bears need to do is be average. Like, people still have this thought in their head that the Bears need to be a top-ten offense in order for them to make the Super Bowl. Erase that mind from your brain. Clean it out. Flush it. Get it out of there. That's not 100% the case. That's, that's not the case at all. I mean, there's no way this Bears is going to be a, this Bears team is going to be a top ten offense in the end of the year. I, I will bet a million dollars on that. But they're still a scary opponent because of their defense and the offense scores 25 points a game. Yeah, you're gonna have a chance to win. So as long as he's average, I, I, I'm okay with that. I just need to see a little bit more consistency. That's it. But let's ride. I, I just real quick before we move on, I don't. I, I think we'll all agree with this. I don't expect them to be a top ten offense, but. Let's be real. It would be really, really nice to see the offense <laughs> just come to life. It would be, I mean, that would be, you know. It, I think it would, it would Chris, but this is reality. So. Fair. It would be nice. let's, let's move on. <laughs> um, just to wrap up, I want to touch on the defense before. Uh, the defense, one more point. Um, the defense was 
was nasty all night. They allowed 10 points in the first quarter, and then it was 3-3-3. They allowed one field goal uh, in each quarter the rest of the way. They were absolutely disgusting, um, and they were fantastic. I mean, you talk about the hit that Kyle Fuller laid on Keyshawn Vaughn was absolutely I mean, it made my spine hurt. Uh, Cleo Mack, not just two sacks. He was all over the place. Robert Quinn didn't uh, didn't notch a sack, but he, uh, Kevin sent us the next-gen stats last night. Uh, He was fantastic. It just didn't really show up in the box score. Um, And then you have guys, I mean, Danny Trevathan, I thought he looked all right. I mean, I I think he's starting Mm -hmm. to get kind of, he's starting to get his lungs back, I want to say. Like, he's getting that conditioning back uh, for full game uh, duty, you know, but Roquan was everywhere. Roquan was, I mean, I feel like he was in every single play he had a hand in and he had two pass defense on top of it. Uh, Eddie Jackson, of course, continues to be unbelievable. Jalen Johnson continues to be extremely good for this team. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, defense continues to be a top five unit. Uh, scary. I mean, that defense dominated last night after the first dominated absolutely dominated pressure on Brady all night what did I say beforehand avocados don't matter you're getting buried by Khalil Mack you put pressure on Tom Brady it's gonna I said it they're gonna make life hard for him and that's exactly what happened they got pressure on him when you line up Khalil Mack one-on-one against a rookie you're bound to end up on Twitter looking like a damn fool because he just threw you down with one arm I know we all saw the video it's his strength is just I would take Khalil Mack against a grizzly bear in a box fight I mean I really would I mean that dude is just an absolute animal Uh, he had two should have been three sacks three tackles for loss three QB hits um I think two tackles for last actually or something like that and the pass defense um the the block pass like man like people had their doubts about Klumak for whatever reason people had their doubts about him and this was his breakout game I said on Twitter last night he is I would say again I don't I had I mean I've only been a born since 2000 but I would say he's the best primetime player the Bears have ever had just what he does when the lights are bright and when it's Sunday night football when it's Thursday night when it's Monday night I mean when the people are watching he just turns it on to another level and he was on another level last night and it set the tone for the defense I mean you expect your great players to set the tone for the defense and and just be that guy out there who starts the fire and creates that spark and he was doing that all night long. So huge credit to Khalil Mack. He's back. I don't know why anyone thought he left, but um, I mean, what a what a dominating force was he against the Buccaneers on Thursday? Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, huge shout out to the secondary as well. Uh, I feel like mm-hmm. they've been they've been holding it down, man. They they really have. You know, Kyle Fuller. You know, I've I've man, like I've been disrespecting Kyle Fuller for a couple of years now, like even after he got all pro, like I, I just always said, like, he's, he's a very good corner. He's just not elite, but I mean, he keeps, proving he's me elite wrong now every, every year, every year he keeps proving me, proving me wrong. And it honestly feels like he's getting better and better. Like these last three years, it's felt like he's gotten better and better. Maybe, you know, last year I'm, I'm not going to hold it against him. Cause I feel like everybody was having a down year. Um, but you know, like he's just, he's everything you want in a corner right now. And he was the last guy I would have expected to lay a hit like that on somebody like Kyle <laughs> yeah. Fuller, I was just like, holy shit. That is just, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. But you know, he's, um, he's doing everything you want in your, in your number one corner. And then, you know, the, the guy opposite of him, Jalen Johnson, I mean, what a draft pick that guy has been. Um, you know, he's been phenomenal. And and I said this after the first game, after he got trucked by Marvin Jones, 
just pay attention every to every time he gives up a catch, how he responds to that. That's so crucial for a corner, and I feel like he's so good at just you know getting ready for that next play, and and that's why he's able to make those plays. His mental game is so strong, um, and and I think Jalen Johnson is I I think he's a superstar. He really is. Yeah, Jalen Johnson is evolving into a superstar before our eyes. Um, you know, once again, Ryan Pace pounces on a guy, on a, a player, a defensive back who has a little bit of injury history that makes him slide, and he immediately becomes a day one contributor, um, which, I mean, we all talked about when Jalen Johnson was drafted. We all said, okay, this guy could be a day one starter as long as his health holds up, and it has been. He's been unbelievable. So that's been great. Um you know, it, it just imagine imagine the scenario we could have had with Antoine Winfield Jr. and Jalen Johnson mm-hmm. being day one stars or or even Jeremy Chin. He's been great, too, in Carolina. So, mm-hmm. you know, but we have Colt Komet sitting there on the sidelines. So that's a win, right? For sure. Um, anyway, but no, uh, the defense continues to be absolutely nasty. And I'm sure they're going to be, especially against the Panthers team with no Christian McCaffrey next week. Although Mike Davis has been very good for them. So um, just to end it off. Cairo Santos, two for two on field goals, two for two on extra points. Man, was I sweating on that last field goal. Oh my I God. was wait, so terrified. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, guys. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're just going to not talk about Jimmy Graham? <laughs> hey, this was your bold prediction. It was your bold prediction. That's you said true. he'd be the best player on That's, offense. Dude, I mean, I mean this, would this you is guys say you he let was? us move to the defense. <laughs> this is your fault, pal. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I just I, I remember just now. But man, like Jimmy Graham has been so, so good for us. Like I, I can't get over it because, you know, he was I, I remember he said, um, you know, he's like I w- when the Bears when Bears fans were upset that we signed him this and that, you know, he he's there was a quote by him. He said something like, um, you know, I see what all the Bears fans are saying. And he's like, you know, I'm going to try to try to bring, you know, bring production to this team and I'm going to try to prove them wrong. And, you know, he's proved a lot of people wrong already. Um, and that catch, like, man, that was an and one, man. He was holding yeah. his arm down yeah. and, and he still <laughs> came down with that. Like, and one, baby. That yeah, was filthy. You're getting well, your money's worth. Yeah, he, You're well, getting well, your money's here's worth. Here's where I see it, because the Packers signed him to be Jimmy Graham from New Orleans to run, you know, yeah. run down the field and to do yards after catch. But in this instance, you know, the Bears are just asking him to be a red zone guy, just 10 yards yeah. and in. Give us what we need. You know, we don't need you to run after catch. We need you to just get little chunk plays. And then once we get in the red zone, it's coming your way. And he's got four touchdowns. Our prediction was five. It looks like he's going to blow that out of the water. Abdallah. Adam uh punching air. And for the record, Abdallah, if you are listening to this, Kevin was one championing Mitch the whole time. For So I'm still good hey, no. because I hey, said no. I said Foles too. So I'm still good on that whole discussion listen to this hey hey let's listen i said i said either way jimmy graham was getting five touchdowns so it doesn't matter for me so so chris is (laughs) i said that either way too i I don't know what he's talking about here i didn't i never made a disclaimer that it had me from mitch trubisky did i no i I think it was was implied because you was it implied come on you've been you've been a whole uh sure falls but guy so I, I see where he's coming from with you, Kev, but no, Chris is the most right. So Abdallah, uh, Chris will be awaiting his apology in the mail. Yes. Chris, well, well, yeah. I'm not going to jinx anything because knowing our luck, he'll probably <laughs> end the true. season with four or something. So let's <laughs> just make sure he gets the, the fifth. Uh, so Adam, only... stay by the phone. We'll be calling. 
The yeah. only thing I'll say is uh, Adam and I were DMing last night because after every touchdown, I got to send him a DM and say, you know, the, the eyes emoji because, you know, he, <laughs> he told me I could call him out on social media if the bear, if he gets five touchdowns and all whatnot. Um, but he says when the field is only 20 yards or less, that's not worth $9 million, making the case that he, he's trying to defend himself against uh, the fact that Jimmy Graham still isn't worth the money that they paid him. And to that point, I could not disagree more. Uh, what red zone production do we see from our tight ends last year or in 2018? Absolutely zero. Um, I don't care. You know, would, would it be nice that we're getting production from him across the field? Yes, but that, that that's not like like Jake literally just said. That's not why you brought him in. You're not like the Green Bay Packers or you brought him in to be the Jimmy Graham of New Orleans. You brought him in for the exact situation that you found him in on Thursday. Throw the ball up one-on-one. It doesn't matter if a defender's got it draped all over his arm. He'll just go up there with one hand and come down with it. And take that touchdown off the board. Jimmy, If Jimmy Graham's not on the field there, maybe the Bears don't score there. Maybe the Bears don't win. Like, this guy is a game-changing player. And I'll go out and say that. I mean, how could you not agree with that? He's got four touchdowns this year. Um, the Bears haven't points, scored baby. many t- Yeah, there's their points. I like touchdowns. You guys like touchdowns? Sure. I, love <laughs> I know you guys like touchdowns. Jimmy Graham gives me touchdowns. I like Jimmy Graham. There there you go. Uh, See, that, but, that's but, as simple but as here's that. The thing. Here's the thing. Like, I don't even agree with the fact that they're not using him, like, th- like to move up the field. Like, I, other than yesterday, I feel like he's been targeted, like, enough. He's been like, targeted. Well, well, but he's just but, not the most effective yeah, tight end that cr- way. Chris, fair. the point being that you're not running seam routes with him. Fair. Fair. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. But, I, like, I, I don't think – see, here's the thing, like – like the way Abdullah was Abdullah was talking about him, like made it seem like he didn't think he was a good player. But then you're almost like putting these expectations above him that don't really make sense. Like I, you, you guys get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he said there was no way he'd get five touchdowns, and you know he's almost right there. And it's like people didn't think he'd be that good, and you know he's kind of already exceeded th- those expectations. It just doesn't make sense. Like I, I think uh, people are being I a would little say bit unfair. He's- He's he's exceeded my expectations for sure. I was expecting yeah. him to be hurt already at this point. So, um, no. Back to the kicker, uh, real quick before we wrap this up. What's do you so now after those two kicks? I mean, the, both kicks gave you the lead, and the second one gave you the lead for good. Yeah. I do you believe in Cairo Santos now when he goes out there? I mean, because uh, because no. both of them were decent. I I mean, the one was what twenty five, <laughs> and the other was forty seven. Yeah, I, I thought it was 37, the final one. No, he kicked. Uh, a, didn't he kick a 40? Yeah, I thought it. Was, I thought it was like 47. Yeah, I think he had like a 47 yarder. I think the second. Uh, pretty sure the, the final first, one was 30. The first one I, I, would have been 40, and then last one was 37 or something. Yeah, Games yeah, stats. I think that sounds about right. Yeah, I think suck. I think Ryan suck up the Buccaneers kicker kicked like a 25. Yeah, Cairo Santos long of 47 yesterday. Okay, yeah, okay. And, but here's the thing, like. I mean, like, I, I'm not confident in Cairo Santos, but it's like, how can you not roll with him right now? You know, you guys get what I'm saying? It's like, well, I mean, Eddie I mean, can getting back for a few more weeks anyway. Yeah. So, and, and that's that's what thing. it sounds like, like. That's the thing. Like, what do you, I mean, if Cairo Santos keeps making kicks, you're going to just bring Eddie P back. I don't think Eddie P's earned that right. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would love to say that he has, but I, I agree that you have to if if Santos is still making kicks by the time Eddie can come back you can't rationalize it's yeah. the same thing with the quarterback almost if I was those, just gonna say that you, you can't you can't rationalize making that change if if Santos is making kicks now if Santos misses a 20 yarder misses a chip shot then you think about making that move but yeah. he just hit a 47 yarder and essentially game a go ahead game winner so 
I, yeah. I think you got to roll with Santos for now, which I'm yeah, fine yeah. with. Because I mean, my confidence in him has gone up. It's infinitely after this game. Infinitely. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah. Me too, for hey, sure. Now. I'm, speak, I'm speaking I'm, hyperbolically, Kevin. Not, not infinitely, but but I mean, like I I, know, I was fully expecting him to miss one of those. Yes, I, I I was this close to not watching the final kick. I was. Yeah, I, 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 oh my god, dude! Yeah, I was and, I was crouched. I was in a catching yeah. position. Right? Like, <laughs> oh man. One no, one more thing um, about the after the after, now that we're done with the kicker talk, um, I I just want to say Allen Robinson is an absolute beast. I know he he allowed that little uh, whatever off the knee thing. I don't. Yeah, I mean you know, that I don't, wasn't his fault. Was, that was nobody's fault. That was one of those weird. Fault. Like I come on, you can't like that wasn't his hands just not catching the ball. It was just like a really awkward play. I mean that's really all it was. And I see people on Twitter yeah. saying, when are you going to start questioning Allen Robinson's you know validity as a receiver when he causes three interceptions in four weeks? Like sure, the other two were his fault, but last night that's just awkward. I, I've been there before. You know I don't I don't I don't think that's his fault. But there was a point in the third quarter, I don't know if you guys noticed, where the Bears literally just threw to Allen Robinson like five straight times. And he yep. was bullying Carlton Davis, bullying him. I mean, yep. it was just – I'm pretty sure they were going into the huddle saying, all right, you know, Carlton Davis ain't shit. You know, we're going to throw it to you five straight times. Uh, even if they weren't for big chunks, like it was just six yards, six yards, first down, six yards. Like, this, you know, shocker that when you throw the ball to Allen Robinson, your offense flows, you know, big, big surprise <laughs> there. Like, it's really not that hard. Uh, and when you have one-on-one coverage against a guy like Carlton Davis, who's not really special at all, um, you got to take advantage of that. So I just want to shout him out because, obviously, yeah. there's still conversation around him and, and, and the negotiations and everything. And I think last night, he really, really, more than any other week, I would say, because he had garbage time yards against the Colts, really, I think, proved his worth for that offense. Yeah, and, and look— Agreed. Uh, Carlton Davis is no slouch, man. He was coming into the game. Decent, he, was the, yeah. he was one of the top-rated cornerbacks by. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, by, yeah. By he's PFF. been good he this was, year. He was locked. I forgot what um, who the Buccaneers play. I I don't remember exactly who they played, but Keenan um, Allen coming. Mike yeah, Williams. Keenan, Keenan Allen. Um, and there were a couple other top receivers that he really shut down coming into this game. Um, oh, and you know, Allen Robinson. You know, ten. I, he had ten catches, ninety, 90. yards, I believe. Yeah, and and I mean like, there there's no way you can't pay this guy. There's no way you don't bring him back. It, it's just a week and a half. Ten days. I mean, you got time. You would think. True. You would think, but I I hope, man. I hope. I just want this to to get over. You know, it feels like a little dark cloud like yes. over us. And and once once it's done and we resign him, I think everything will go back to normal. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think you got to resign Al Robinson right now. Long week, make it happen. Make it happen, baby. Perfect time frame. Literally the perfect time frame. And now, you know, you don't have the excuse of, oh, Mitch wasn't his guy. Like, you supposedly have your guy now, whether he's more comfortable with Foles or not. Like, you know, you've seen the production there the past few weeks. There's nothing for him to be upset about, about him not getting the ball enough. He was getting targeted all over the place, 10 receptions. Uh, and if Ryan Pace is still up there questioning whether he's a top receiver, I just, oh, God, I just had it pulled up, his his what he's on pace for this year, his yards. Um, I think he's on pace for, I want to say, 1,300 yards, 112 receptions, and six touchdowns. I mean, those are 
yeah. monstrous numbers. The touchdowns you would like to see, maybe a little bit of an increase, but those are monstrous numbers that I would imagine at the end of the year put them right up there in top five territory from a pure numbers standpoint. So there's no more Ryan Pace up there in the front office saying, well, is he really worth the money? Like yeah, that conversation should be squashed after what we've seen the past few weeks. So 10 days, pay the man, extend AR as Tariq Cohen tweets about every two hours. <laughs> And on that note, we will end this podcast. Extend Al Robinson. Bears win 20-19 over Tom Brady-led Buccaneers. Bears improved to 4-1. and one. I think they're the third seed in the NFC uh, playoff bracket right now. So looking good. Looking very good. Carolina next week. A banged-up Carolina team. So we'll be looking forward to that. We'll bring a preview for that game coming next week. But as always, thank you for listening. And this has been Bears Nation Podcast. Bear down. Bear down. Let's go.